Hey, pretty people. Ah, this is great. It's always fun to jump on here and share another story with you. And today is power. I mean, it cuts to the heart. It is deep and real and true and such good news for your soul today. I hope that you can just sink in and enjoy it and just appreciate uh, the gift that you're being given today with Shauna, our guest today. And uh, I am laughing my head off because I spend a lot of time editing. And uh, as I edit these things, I have to listen to myself over and over. And I mean, you basically just repeat the whole thing trying to get your little cutoff thing in just the right spot. And it's mortifying. I mean, you know how it is to listen to yourself on a recording, like so bad, so bad. It's like, um, you know, you just repeat yourself like, Hey, this is Riley. Hey, this is Riley. Hey, Oh my God, it's the worst. And so then I get tired of hearing myself. So I try to do it on a faster speed. And I'm just going to say, I discovered how they create the chipmunk voices, my voice is already super high pitched, like awkwardly high, but it was super chipmunky and just ugh, wretched. So moving on, so worth it, always worth it. And it's not about me. It's not about my voice. It's about creating magic and making space for others. Every single story and today's story especially is pure gold. I have never been more convinced that it is essential that stories be shared our lives. That is our greatest gift. It is the truth that sets people free, telling the truth of who God is, hearing the truth of who it is, because the truth oftentimes is bad, right? We don't have to be uh, convinced that there are hard things in life, but the good news is how God covers that story, how he makes it good, he uses it for good, and that is good news. Striving and meeting the standard of expectation and perfection, that's not the truth. And thank goodness that's not the good news. But God bending low, getting down, leaning in, and making a way for us to be with Him is the good news. And and it's just, it's amazing. This story today genuinely made Him feel so close and I love that about stories because it makes a great big God really up close and personal and true to you and to the listener, and and that's it. So listen, I basically introduced this girl like she's on Wheel of Fortune, so just call me Pat today. Uh, I like give her a prompt like, so you're married, and let her fill in the blank, and it's awkward. It's okay. Just please go ahead and laugh out loud with me and enjoy the show. Hey, 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 you made it to the Ash and Ivy show where we get to be friends. My name is Riley, and this is just all about creating space to talk about what's going on in life. All the things. The Ash, the Ivy, it all belongs, and we're ready for it. I believe God shows up in every single one of our lives in unique ways. It's so beautiful, it's so fun to experience. Listen, we can create lives that light us up and we can do it together. Let's go. Hi, Shauna. Hi, Riley. Welcome to the Ashton Ivy Show. Thank you. I'm super excited. We've, um, we've been planning this and I love your enthusiasm. Thank you. I'm glad you're here. It's so fun to be able to take something that's really hard and we don't make light of our story because it's very delicate and important, but to be able to take it and actually use it for good right. is such a gift, right? Like, I mean, when I think about my own, it's like, this is more than I deserve to be able to use something that was so broken to serve people. Amen. Yes, but I that's agree. Exactly. What it does, and it's not that people love other people's misery, <laughs> maybe a little bit of that, but but I think it's because we all want to know, like, am I really okay? Or am I alone? Am I alone? Yes. Mm -hmm. And so your bravery is really important. Okay, cool. <laughs> I brought all my bravery with me. <laughs> You're sharing it, bottling it up in this hour. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, well, just... 
So your name is Shauna. Correct. And you're married? I've been married. We got married in 2014, but we've been together since I moved to South Carolina in 2005. So Okay. Yeah. yeah. He, I met him. He walked into where I worked, and five days later, I moved him in. We didn't even have a date. <laughs> I was like, I went to Shay. She was 60 and said, so I found the guy. And she's like, really? Did you go on a date? I'm like, no. no. She goes, so he's the one. I said, so we called him and we're like, so we need you to come home. And he's like, I'm at home. <laughs> we're like, no, our home. And so we went and packed him up and moved him in that day. Girl knows what she wants. <laughs> kind of been my way my whole life yeah it's so it Decisive. was yeah he didn't really have a choice let's just say that Shay and I made a decision together and you're in if you like it or not so Shay's your daughter yes yeah. she's uh I I had a daughter before Shay named Tara um and at the time I was on the streets and so I gave her up for adoption um I didn't know I was pregnant though so it was kind of a a surprise but I was I was really young I was 18 and mm -hmm. so um, she had trisomy 21 and a lot of health uh -huh. I found an incredible family to adopt her and give her the life I couldn't at that yeah. time and yeah. so for me at that time it was it was the right thing to do Wow yeah I didn't know that and so then when did you have Shay I had Shay two years later and um, again it was a very uh, and I'll give you some background on my mother. It was a very strong pull for me not to go through with the pregnancy. And, um, but I fought for that one. And I fought for Shay and chose not to go down that path with her and kept her. And she was the blessing in my life I needed. And God gave me the strength to keep her. Y'all are such good friends now, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we've, we've, been, we've been through a lot as a parent and child um, but we are best friends mm -hmm. and I am able to be her mother now I was never able to be her mom um, in a lot of ways for the last I don't know 15 years mm -hmm. and so within the last two years there's a trust she didn't trust me right you know uh, she didn't trust that because my words were there, but my actions always, you know, went against mm -hmm. what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And so at some point, your child hears you, but they don't believe you. Mm -hmm. And so she sent me a message last night. And she's like, who you are in my life now is major important. And that I'm an asset. And that she can rely on me to be there. So, sorry. Oh, that's big. <laughs> yeah, so... I know anybody that knows me, I, my child is a number one, and then Will, my husband, and so, <laughs> and God, and everybody shuffles in there, but it has been a dream of mine to be that type to of be mother. That mom. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you know, my mom, it's, it's not the same story exactly, but she's definitely grown in her healing and her, in her relationship with the Lord more as I've been an adult. And I continue to depend on her growth and her healing for my own direction. Right. And so it, even though we're adults, it never, and everyone's not blessed to have their parents as adults. Right. But as long as you do have them, they're continuing to shape you and model what growing older looks like and you're not done parenting right <laughs> Isn't, I mean it's kind of a weird thing but everything you do is still extremely impactful right you know? and it was a goal it was a goal of mine um, when I was young and when I was having when I had Shay is to undo the damage of the parenting I had yeah. You know what I mean? And you don't really know what form that'll come in or how it'll, when it'll enter your life, just that you are constantly striving for that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and I find nowadays, especially with social media and TV, like I wouldn't want to have Shay as a young child right now because I feel that parenting is much harder because you have that to compete with now. Yeah. And so it's changing the game. We've on... had that conversation in my house today <laughs> about phones and social it changes, media. It changes everything. And it so um, 
but we we do things uh shay came over yesterday and we paid played card games for you know for three hours mm -hmm. and so something that we never did as a family we now can spend time together mm -hmm. quality time and and have some fun and watch shay slay us at different games <laughs> <laughs> that's great oh man that's so good a lot of about my childhood and my adulthood um I've moved, I've been to every state in America. Really? Except for anything above, like, Pennsylvania on okay, this corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, this part up, I've been um, all over the United States. That's what incredible runners we are. And so, my childhood, I was an army brat. And mm -hmm. so, you know, but there was not a lot of moving because mom wouldn't allow it. And so, dad was immediately in the Vietnam War when I was born and so we were uh, in Kentucky and so my life began okay so my life beginning started with all of these men in my mother's life excluding my father even though she's married okay so mom was um, incapable of being alone and so she constantly was running from relationships and we never really understood we never saw anything bad because we didn't understand right um, and so when things failed with my father when he came back from Vietnam like most servicemen things were different mm -hmm. and she was different and so she met my father my second father and we went all the way to Arizona where I got to spend 23 amazing years in the West you know on the West Coast and um, she was married five times. So I learned very young how to run from my problems. I learned very young how to disassociate myself with things. And my one goal in my life as a young child was to be the first love in my mother's life. Like I was obsessed with her. I don't know how else to put it. And um, I was very tender-hearted, and she was very, I mean, she was very independent, very smart, a hard worker, but she was the most lost human being you've ever met. And you felt like you had to take care of her? Yes. I was a parent, and I have a younger brother, Monty, who's in the, he's still in Phoenix. Okay. And so he was my, he, I was there to take care of him, and I was there to, fill in the moments when my mom was very unhappy because she was bipolar, which we didn't know till much, much later. Mm -hmm. So I was always gifting, taking care of, holding down the fort, so to say, when yeah. the men were failing. All I know is that I learned to run from my problems and then not focus on me ever. I always had someone like I am. I used to think there was a doormat in front of my house that said, if you are broken, please, meet me come in you know because I literally every broken soul Just attracted to it mm -hmm. and so my life was spent um, my first abusive relationship was at four and um, by a, my father's army buddy son and so sexual abuse was prevalent in my childhood worked up through my adulthood and every man I fell in love with the abuse was so it was so intense that that I had near death experiences with it, and so that's how my life was. It was running from an abusive relationship into another abusive relationship because this is what my mom said: "I beat you because I love you, and it's the only thing that you need to understand." So, so you, I mean, as a child, you just agree with that. You take that as your truth. Sure. And then. It was my truth my whole life. You take that into every relationship. Right. And so even with my Did husband. Did you ever like question it? Did you ever feel like maybe this isn't what's best for me? Or you kind of know in your spirit, like, I don't want this. Always. That's what my journaling came in is because. I was always talking to God mm. in my journals. There was no one else I was ever talking to. And I, it, it 
amuses me because God wasn't a big part of my life for a very long time because if you have a parent who is doing, who is guilty of all these sins, less likely she's going to be hanging out at church for people to remind (laughs) her (laughs) that she's doing this. And so that's what kept me away from the church is because I was able to talk to God on my own way and he accepted me on my own space, but I wasn't ready to stand in a crowd and say, this is who or what I am. How did you not blame him? Did, do you ever feel like you didn't believe in him or didn't think he was for you? Oh, no. Uh, there, was, there wasn't blame f- from him. I just didn't understand why he didn't save me. Right. You know, like why he allowed me to be sexually abused. I remember calling out to him a lot, God, if you just give me a windfall, But then what I started changing my prayers was, I changed them to, God, give me the strength to get out of this relationship. God, give me, and I'm gonna tell you that his intervention, when it was time, was swift and extreme. Um, When it was time for me to get out of a situation, he came in full against placing. Can you be specific about that? I can, I totally can. So my, Shay's father was a very abusive man, and he <clears throat> was an alcoholic, and he ha- Shay was a month old, and we were living in a little apartment together, and he had came home and had beat me pretty severely because he had no job, he had no money, you know, he had nothing, and that was me and Shay's fault. And he took off in my car, which it literally was my car. We had no furniture and stuff, just some baby stuff his parents had given us. And um, I prayed hard. I said, God, I, I, I cannot get out of this. I don't know how. It just gets worse. And now I have this one-month-old baby that I'm responsible for, and I'm terrified that he's going to hurt her. And so I prayed hard. I prayed, I prayed all night. And so we were sleeping on the floor in the apartment, and the next day my dad shows up, and dad never really intervenes in anything. And he's like, oh, we gotta go pick up your car. And I'm like, well, you know, why dad? He's like, Louis is in prison. And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? He's in prison for robbing a Circle K and some other stuff, and it doesn't look like he'll get out. He's still in prison to this day. Oh. And so um, I feel <laughs> in my soul that he helped me. He, I had to stand up. You know, if, if yeah. the main person that's taking care of you is gone, what do you have to do? You have to stand up and do yeah. exactly what you have to do. Find a new level of strength. Yeah, and he had a lot of chances. He did that a lot in my life. Like it was really, it wasn't about... I don't know if it was empowering me to be brave enough or if it was a situation that he knew I was going to die in. Like, I only saw death in a lot of relationships. And so he saved me from dying. And so there were times I pleaded and I stayed in the relationship. It did not go away. It just continued. And I didn't understand. Um, I don't think anybody understands an abusive spouse. But I under I know I loved him, and I know that I thought it was okay. And I thought because especially when they're done abusing you, what happens is they super duper love you. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and so you're confused. You stay confused, and that's how I stayed most of my life. Hmm. Goodness. But you have to break. There is a certain point in your life where you can or should be able to break the mold of abuse. My husband now, William, has never touched me in 15 years. And he's the first man that never, ever laid a hand to me. Hmm. Now, I've aggravated him, and he probably (laughs) punched a wall once because of me. But again, excuse me, um, in him I broke a pattern, but I hadn't broke the rage within myself. So I flipped it and abused him. Verbally and mentally and emotionally, I became the abuser. And so the struggle in my life is 
I have always been angry. And so that causes me to be neurotic and anxious and overeater because deep inside there's this child that there's this child that didn't understand the difference between abuse and love. Mm-hmm. And God, God came out and said, you're worse. So. How old were you when you felt to, like you were starting to hear that message? As crazy as it sounds, uh, two years ago. Oh my goodness. Yeah, because I shut out all the other voices finally. You know, when you're, when you're drinking a lot, like I was not an addict for a very long time. It just became a way to cope with my fear. Like alcohol and drugs for me was, I am normally an introvert. Shockingly enough, I was an introvert as a child. I was a closet kid. I stayed in my room and danced all the time and (laughs) was very outgoing and very lovable, but I was terrified. And so, yeah, I heard his voice. He has come to my rescue many times. I've prayed for patience when I was getting out of my first, when I left my first husband, I had, uh, and that's my daughter, Tara, who I lost is he's the main reason that I had to go down the path of adoption. But, okay. um, I'm sure that was a very hard choice. Um, my mom was an addict. Okay. Okay. And so by her fifth marriage, I was 13. And we went through three years of this relationship, and I met my first boyfriend ever. And 13. Yeah. Uh And so we, he was a much older man. He was 18. And um, my parents found out about it. I had not been intimate with him. I had been what most kids did our age, making out squishy and stuff. But, and I loved him with all my soul because he was the kindest human being I ever met in my life. And I needed love so bad at that time in my life because, you know, at 13, you're going through everything Mm -hmm. a child goes through. And then my father found out, my stepfather, and beat the guy within an inch of his life. So... The fighting at my house was escalating. The abuse at my house was escalating. My brother had left. He'd given up. And so I'm rolling into the age of 16. Over this three years, all of this stuff is happening very quickly. And my mother was up um, having an affair in a cabin at this place. And we were with her. Me. I was with her. And so I went for a walk. And down the hill comes 30 guys (laughs) about my age. And um, John Almy is who I met. And he was a troubled child in a group home. Mm -hmm. And he took me away from my mom. Um, And we ran away when I was 16 from Tucson and hitchhiked to Helen, Montana, um, where in order to feed us, uh, he sold me to truckers along the way. And then after the incident, he would beat me for enjoying it. So, and I loved him. I loved him. Yeah. And so I didn't know. I didn't understand. I knew something was wrong. But he was my first person to get me out of that house. And so I felt loyal to him. But what happened is from the abuse I sustained when I was really young, what happened is it backfired. I became a person that sought out love or sexual relationships to coat my need for love because I wasn't getting it. Um, and that's been going on my, for a long time. Even my husband and I have dealt with my um, cheating and stuff like that. And so he didn't understand and I didn't understand why I was so messed up. Mm -hmm. I think we all look for a strong daddy figure and I never had one. So that's why two years ago I heard God 
because I literally stood in artisan church and there was a song that was singing and I just kind of put my arms down and I just pretended I was standing on God's feet dancing. <laughs> he was holding me like a fall. That's so beautiful. And I could, I could feel his arms around me. Like, and I was like, I don't. He embraced me. That's so good, Shauna. <laughs> he embraced me. And so he took the craving and the desire out of me to continue to hurt myself. Because, why do you think that is? I mean, because he filled it with true love. Right. Right? Yeah. You belong to someone. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine a journey your whole life and everything you read in my journals, it is about love. I loved Shay sometimes so much I drove her away. You know what I mean? Because I wanted her to feel that void in me. I wanted sure. him to feel that void. And, the, and he reached in and just filled me so full. I was like, alcohol can't do that. If you're full of God, mm -hmm. then all this other stuff starts to just spill out because you can take so much. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you push everything away and you become, I pushed everything away. I pushed Shay away. She lived, she went to the other side of the planet to get away from my neurosis and my chaos. Uh, my husband pushed me away physically, spiritually, because if you don't understand how to help, if I'm demanding something from you and you're clueless as to what it is because I keep coming back with, yeah, that wasn't it. That wasn't it. And like, oh, I thought I wanted that. No. Yeah, I thought I wanted that. That's that's not what I <laughs> that want. That didn't work. <laughs> yeah, food. Yep, that's, I wasn't hungry. So, and that was what changed my life on that moment because all of a sudden that's, you walk out of something and, you know, people are constantly trying to find something to fill a mm -hmm. hole. Imagine if God just came in and poured what you said, love, into your soul. Mm -hmm. Then there's light at the end of the tunnel all of a sudden. Something worth living for. Mm -hmm. And so my journey of running stopped. You know what I mean? So the, the drinking, the craving for alcohol was gone. I still deal with other addictions, food, um, and uh, procrastination is, I don't know if that's an addiction, <laughs> but hoarding is. Okay. So stuff, bringing in stuff, piling it on top of myself. So I constantly have, so I go to bed depressed mm -hmm. because you, you have so many things going on, all of a sudden you freeze frame and you stop and you're like staring at the TV for six and a half hours and everything is just sitting around you going, you're a failure. Mm -hmm. This is not, and that's not what I want to be. Right. I hope that you can see, I think you can, but see all the, all the growth that you've experienced and recognize that it takes time, you know, to rebuild a life that you want. And, and kind of when you come to that place of, I don't know if you would call two years ago the bottom because it kind of feels like a restart. Yeah. Or I don't know when you hit bottom or if you'd say you I've hit, hit bottom, bottom so many times. There's like <laughs> passages throughout like, okay, God, today is my first day and here we go. And <laughs> I think we all restart a lot. Yeah. As so, females especially. But just recognizing it's only been two years. I know. <laughs> like, like, oh my goodness. And just listen to all the life you're giving away and just... It's kind of funny. I'm hearing my words this morning. I don't know if you ever, if you can relate to this, maybe not. But sometimes God feels, sometimes he, like literally minute to minute, like sometimes he'll feel so close. And sometimes he just feels so like out of this world, like a little bit too. Yes. Like, I don't, is this even real? Like, what, <laughs> what are we talking about here? And I said, like, 
I said, God, help me see you like for real today. Like I need, I need to feel you close today and just not feel so big, like such a big God. I need you to feel a little bit more real today. And, and this is why story is so important because it makes him so tangible right? and it brings him into such a personal space. Right. Like there's no way to explain your story than God. Right. You know, and I think uh, that's where I was. And you helped me come back to what, when I was leaving my first husband in Uh that journey, I went with him. uh, I had my first introduction, strong introduction to God at a treatment facility, you know, because they start off with prayer. They end with prayer. Alcohol God, treatment? Yeah, for my mom. So, oh, yeah, yeah, so she went to a, I'm a terrible at stories, so you'll know. I've got okay, so, so let's, let's go back. This. You've moved to Montana. Yeah, we went, went to Montana with him. Uh-huh. And then we had to escape. You because, and Shay. Uh, no, that was, sorry. I've really gone all over. Okay, let me. Let, we'll, no, no, you did we'll, good. We'll, I've but, lost it. That's all right. He was um, my first daughter. So my first husband, my first daughter, Tara, I was 18 by the time. That's right. Yeah. So this is two years after we ran away when I was 16. So two years later, I'm, I've am i come all the way, journeyed all the way back home to my mom. Oh, okay. Because she's in treatment. And um, so I'm hoping I can make some amends because for two years I've been on the roads. Sure. And uh, I have a six-month-old baby in tow. And oh. I've got him with me and so the only way the treatment center would let me come in is I had to stay there off the grid for a week and do this treatment week with my family so which means is you go stay at that facility for a week and you deal with your parent you talk to them in a room setting you go one-on-one wow well I was such a mess that within the first day they're like you're not going to really let you do the thing with your mom because you need help. And so they spent a week uh, helping me get away from an abusive husband instead. Wow. And And so saved you. Yeah. They hid me in a trunk and took me to a group home for women. Yeah. They put me in a, because he was watching the facility. He was stalking the facility. He had taken my daughter and left her with someone else and he was stalking the facility. He was calling it every day, threatening them. And so they knew the only way he was gonna, he had always said, I'll kill you if you leave me. And so they put me in the trunk and, and took me to a halfway house for women. <clears throat> now, at the halfway house, I couldn't have my daughter. And my mom came and visited me who was going through sobriety or so it seemed. You know, she had been sober for about yeah. a month. And so she came to me and she goes, I think you need to give her up for adoption. I don't want to be the grandmother of a mentally retarded child. Hmm. And you're not in any position to do anything. And she goes, so do what's best. And so I did. You know, I gave up all my rights and signed away my rights. And um, I didn't have to, I could do that without him knowing where I was. Um. And so I stayed there and grew, and God entered like full blast into my life because I opened that door. I didn't have any other voices. And I read prayer. And so um, my mom fell off the wagon while I was in there. And, uh, but I was growing. I was okay with whatever her journey was because it was about me and God now. And I had prayed, I made the mistake of praying for patience one day. I said, God, please, (laughs) please, please let me learn patience. And so we were out on a city bus in Arizona in July. It's 107 and the bus breaks down. Mm. And so I had to sit there. And I was like, I always tell people, I'm like, be careful what you pray for. Yeah. (laughs) Be careful what you pray for. Um, And I had gone to... We had all the women got together and we had gone to a big tent revi- tent revival. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is God working. <laughs> and I wore a red dress. And I know that the people posted at the front door were like this, like, 
Hey, we got one in section 11. She's in a red dress. Hello, section 7, red dress. Go for it. And he annihilated me that past. He found me at the back. And I was way back there. And he pulled me out. Really? Oh, yeah. He found me. He came from the podium all the way down with his Uh microphone. I swear to you. I was telling Dawn and Teresa, I said, never wear a red dress to church. (laughs) Never. It's a bad. I'm going to get a t-shirt. Never wear a red dress to church. And he pulled me apart. And he, everything, everything I was going through, everything I was dealing with, I don't think I said English to the man. I just was crying. Yeah. And he, and I knew, I know God was always saying, I'm here. If you just, you know, like, just believe. I was an atheist for a while. I was, I told people he didn't exist. Mm -hmm. Um, I learned to believe that. Yeah. You know, I have friends that don't believe in him. But it's okay now because two years ago, he believed in me enough to give take the way of craving that was severely deterring my life was killing me. Mm-hmm. And when he put me on his feet and wrapped his arms around me, I knew, I knew that what I was looking for was right there. And it had been there. I saw it in Shay. I saw Shay's journey. And I wanted a part of it. And I wanted what she had. Yeah. But I didn't want to give up anything for it. That's right. I know that feeling. You know what I mean? How, how, why would we want to give up something for you? That's not fair. I like all this stuff and chaos. And he took away chaos. It's because, I mean, our identity is so wrapped in that. And it's like, if we let that stuff go, then who are we? Right. Like, what's left? Yeah. How has that journey been just through healing? And it's been, you know, what's the, the thing that I can say. Humor was an amazing... Uh, people told me all the time, you should be a comedian, Johnny. You're hilarious. <laughs> you're, you're so funny. Yeah. What they didn't realize is like most comedians that we have lost, good comedians, is that they are so troubled. You know what I mean? Like right. they're in so much pain. Like humor is a complete and 100% defense mechanism for a lot of us. Yeah. And so now I'm funny. Like I was afraid to t- be funny. Like, I was like, I'm not going to tell anybody anything because <laughs> if they don't laugh, I'm going to be destroyed and I'm going to know that that's why I needed alcohol all this time because <laughs> you're not funny. I mean, alcohol made me believe I could sing karaoke uh, and yeah, we found out through video playing that that is a non-truth. False. False, False statement. My <laughs> husband used to be like, you are great. I've actually been on the hunt for my <laughs> a good karaoke song, so maybe you could give me a suggestion. Oh, and my old man, he's like, oh, that was great. I said, uh-huh. you are in so much trouble for lying to me for 10 years. <laughs> You're so dead. And so I think that, again, you know, I've, I've been very gifted with a very... William and Shay <clears throat> have been a, a, a great part of this journey. Like, they've always been there. But guess what I discovered this last two years? I discovered women. Yeah. Wow. I, I didn't give them a chance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't. I thought they were after my boyfriend. I thought they wanted to steal something from me. I thought that, no, uh, this is, if I was going to ever say anything to women, it is like you are missing a monumental force in friendships with women. You, in order to heal, we need women. Mm-hmm. Men are great, don't get me wrong, <laughs> mm-hmm. but there is a certain bond and a certain love I miss for my mother. Mm-hmm. And imagine that I found it and Teresa mm-hmm. and Dawn and my best friend Bobby, people I avoided my whole life. I didn't know that they could be I didn't know there was a bunch of people like me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, uh... Mm, that's so rich. <laughs> I know, I spent so long, or I spent so long just focused on in my house and my family and trying to establish, you know, a good marriage. And, <clears throat> and frankly, it just wasn't happening. <laughs> <laughs> Until, it, it's like that was able to balance when I 
found my happiness, just pure enjoyment outside with friends and fun, (laughs) you know, and it's, I mean, I love marriages that have those people together with hobbies and, and it's great and that's important, but so much of life-giving moments come with your girlfriends. Yeah. Uh, The best (laughs) laughs, the best laughs I've had and the best laughs I had is, um, with my best friend, Bobby. That's my first friend. Mm-hmm. Shay's always been my friend, but my first girlfriend. Yeah. And she was um, very much against... She's a non-drinker. She's never been a drinker. She's allergic to alcohol. What a blessing that would be, right? <laughs> yeah. And I was like... And we spent... Um, we spent a year because I had, was disabled. I'd had a pretty gnarly surgery and it didn't go well. So I was disabled and... Um, we spent a year on a boat, on her pontoon boat, going around Lake Hartwell at like, I'm pretty sure a mile an hour. Oh. <laughs> and no faster, <laughs> ever. And so I, that was my first friendship with a female. Yeah. And it was very... You just, y'all just spent quality time together. Just quality time. And I didn't drink around her. You know what I mean? Because it, and laugh, God, we laughed all the time. And even today, like, you know, I can go over there and she here's the thing about women is they're pretty accepting of who you are yeah. in the space you're in that's right and so if i go and sit down and say i'm having a really gnarly day and i can't you know oh i get it you know what i mean because who's who understands you more than women mm-hmm. you know my husband gets it he pats me on the head and and uh, but he doesn't know how to love that broken part of me sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, he wants to keep you safe and right? protect you and fix you. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> or, and he's or not a, fix you, but provide problem solving. And that's, and that's been who he's been a, like my daughter calls him Diddy because mm-hmm. to her, that's her father. Mm-hmm. And so it's really funny because he's, you look at, he's a big biker. Yeah. And he's kind of <laughs> terrifying walking across the room, but he's like the softest, nicest person in the world. Yeah. And I did not see that, you know, until I found my way. And I... You were secure in your own. Right. Now I can love him and I can love my daughter and I can... But because I'm learning to love me first. You know what I mean? Like I'm... <clears throat> I am not a weapon of chaos seeking anymore. And so if you are a chaotic woman, I, depending on where you are in your journey, I can help. But sometimes right now, if it's too much, I, I have to be honest and say, I can't. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because there's just so much you can handle when you're fresh in, fresh in your new life. Um, I've never been sober. This is the longest I've been sober in my life. And I don't mean just with alcohol, just with anything. Yeah. And um, I find that uh, my husband's had to be gone for two months on the road working. And I believe God did that. Um, because part of, part of who I am is I suck at being alone. You know what I mean? It's really, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know how to do it. So that's why I've cheated. That's why when I felt lonely in my marriage, instead of me dealing with the marriage problem, I sought comfort elsewhere. So that's what I learned from my mom. I learned how to run into someone else's arms, how to run into another addiction, to always keep. So how are these two months? These. He just got home, right? Last week. Yeah, he just came home. I got to spend so much time alone. And I'm going to tell you, I'm actually pretty good at it. I like it. You got used to it. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Now all of a sudden he's in my space. I'm like, oh, this isn't how I was sleeping before. Like I was sleeping this way on the bed. So, and so you got to make some adjustments, you know, but yeah, I'm actually really good at it. And yeah. I like it because me and God got to spend some downtime. Yeah. Because what he's been te- trying to teach me this whole time is that Shauna, you're not lonely. It's not bad to be alone. It's okay. You can fill your space. You can do positive things and work on yourself and find your way. Mm -hmm. And so now that we've figured that out, so I can let William come back in my space and, (laughs) you know, we went kayaking and stuff. So he's a, it is amazing 
if you just take a breath, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm a busy person. I'm a busy mind. Like I have voices that speak to I- in Irish to me all the time. <laughs> I'm in church planning my day, you know, and I have to say, Ooh, God, come on. Come, That's you know, right. you have to, you have to pull in. And so we, as I, I find that every day, if I can just stop for a minute, I dance in the kitchen now, okay? Because I always have dirty dishes. I don't know why that's a thing, but... <laughs> we just keep eating. Yeah, I love that food. And so every morning, so what I do is I crank on my music, Yeah. and him and I boogie our butts off in the kitchen in the morning. So, <laughs> I want to see that. Yeah, because I can't read. I can't just sit and read. It's There's just too much. So if I crank up that worshiping through music, and that's why I love Sundays is I get to dance for three hours it feels like you know in his presence and it's like only an hour but it feels like yeah you know yeah um so you've used journaling dancing you've mm-hmm. learned to be quiet yeah those have been your healing outlets and you're super creative yeah right <laughs> like oh my god how has that changed in these past two years um I think it <clears throat> because we are dealing with Okay, so in order, my creativity has now turned into a way to survive. Not survival mode, but it is money I make and stuff uh-huh. like that. So, yeah. because I am not, I don't know if it's COVID based so much, but I left my job back in 2019 and became a bookkeeper and did books and stuff like that. And then I found COVID hit and I became a mask maker. I've never touched a sewing machine in my life Mm -hmm. and i just finished my first t-shirt quilt so yeah yeah so it was always there creativity was always there but i was able to kind of focus it into and it's been a way to sustain and i haven't had to go out and kill myself at a job yeah oh wow yeah because i'm a restaurant gm i've been a restaurant gm my whole life and so i'm a worker you know Mm -hmm. and i my body's not up for that now Mm -hmm. i've got a lot of scars so uh He's quieted my mind, mm-hmm. you know, and like I said, I, when I opened that book today, I was laughing. It's like, because I was trying to put off and coming here and talking yeah, to you. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, well, Wednesday. And then next Wednesday, I'd be like, oh, wait, the whole world did not. <laughs> and so when I opened my journal, <clears throat> there's all this stuff about what I've been through. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's so much. And so then I read my daily meditation and it pulls me back in and it's really just about i just need to take steps each day to finish something i've started so i have five bricks out front that are painted red for the last week i'm gonna go finish those today all right um and i'm delivering a blanket i made so um in the time i've been alone not to jump all over subjects which i'm amazing at you're great uh what i find is that if we can kind of give god some time Sure, you know, if if you can't do it through praying and writing, mm-hmm. I, I found like dancing in my kitchen, mm-hmm. and uh, is a great way to get close to him. Yeah, just to be with him and just thank him. Like you know, you have all like that music is so intense. Like it is just I I you know I'm rocking in the kitchen. So <laughs> all of a sudden you feel this bubble of joy, mm-hmm. and it's building and building. Like I'm getting goosebumps. Heard you, God. <laughs> I'm bubbling and bubbling and bubbling, and then all of a sudden it's just like yes. yes. And I'm like, thank you for keeping me alive. Do you, you know, if you look at a person's life that that has done what I've done, ran, hitchhiked, uh, I have been kept alive for a reason. Mm -hmm. And it was to be this person I am today. (laughs) And I'm joyful and grateful. And I feel, even though there's some, you know, things that I haven't accomplished and I'm not, I'm not a failure. And I'm still growing. I'm a baby. I'm two years old. You know what I mean? I'm two years old. So I'm just learning to walk in baby life. Right. And so as long as we can remember that, when we decide to embrace him Mm -hmm. and let him pour his soul and essence into us and, 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 and listen and hear what our sisters are saying, what our pastor is saying, what our meditate, I, I, it's, I'm telling you each day, if you can just take a minute and boogie in your kitchen. Get yourself to that mindset. Yeah. If you have to wake up an hour early, it's worth it before you go to work and have everybody suck your life out of your That's brain. Right. You know what I mean? Give I him do. just 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 take that time. 
and I think it's I think it's life altering. It definitely is. I loved you brought a book, and I <laughs> wanted you to tell us about that. Okay, uh, this book was given, and actually, it goes to our story we talked about when my mom went to the treatment to the treatment center, and so that was in nineteen. 19- 84. So I actually, love that your mom gave you this book. Yeah. Because she didn't even trying. know she was working right. in your life. Like God was she, working in your life. She came to me and <clears throat> my mom committed suicide when I was 20. Um, her bipolar kicked in. She was trying to self-medicate. And what happened is I think she took what's called a Molotov cocktail and I don't think she planned on dying. She just did. Oh. Um, and Shay came to me two years ago. <clears throat> and she said to me, she goes, Mom, I'm, I don't know which Molotov cocktail you're going to take. That'll take you away from me. And it rang very deeply and true in my life. And I remember how angry and sad I was. So I had a visit from my mom two weeks ago. And uh, I've never held her. You know, she never held me. And she was grayer and older. Excuse me. And it was in a dream. I know. But at the same time, she was so real. She came to me and she's like, so how did the men phase in your life go? And I said, I did so much worse than you, mom, (laughs) you know, and she laughed. And then um, I, I looked at her and I said, but I'm okay. I'm doing really good. Yeah. Good. And she wrapped her arms around me and she helped so tight and so true and I finally could let go of the anger and the rage and the disappointment I felt for her not protecting me for when I was young and I could just say goodbye and so God gave me that vision of her so clearly and anybody that knows me I loved and hated her so long and she gave me this book and she's like, I know I can't be strong for you. So I hope you can find some strength in this book. And it's funny cause I gave it to Shay in 2020 and um, I bought a copy of it <clears throat> and I haven't been able to open it or look at the copy. And Shay brought this back to me and she goes, I think you need this back. So Shay brought it back to me a week ago. And she gave my mom gave it to me on 627-1984. Y'all should see this book. It is it's loved. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's um this is a thing. Before I open it, I just put my hand on it and I I asked God. I said, God, I don't know what it is today that I need to hear. So how about you let me know? You know, and I I had sent you a text message yeah. about procrastinating. <laughs> and dang, if that book, when I opened it this morning, like the whole chapter is is on that. And here, <laughs> this is my favorite part, is this is a recovery book. It is for people that deal with addiction. It's called Each Day a New Beginning. Each Day a New Beginning Mm -hmm. um, by Hazelden. And I have extra copies, so if anybody (laughs) wants one. And the first thing it says on today is it says, Without Discipline There's No Life at All by Katherine Hepburn. And um, in order to get freedom, I have to tackle a small task each day. And I will complete it so that it will bless me. Mm-hmm. So my goal this week, or the last week, was to finish something. Yeah. That's been, and the t-shirt quilt has been sitting there for a year. And it has been plaguing me on how to, because I was afraid I wouldn't be able to do it. Mm-hmm. But you don't know what you can or can't do mm-hmm. if you don't jump in. You know? Mm-hmm. So we're 
fear-based, whatever. So It's so hard to like break something down into steps that make it attainable. Right. Like it's so daunting and so big. <laughs> but then once you start, you're like, oh, yeah. this is fine. Yeah. And that's so with your walk with God, it's like it's it's a little intimidating because um, you're you're afraid of being judged. You're afraid that you won't fit in. I mean, geez, oh, Lou, I'm like, my favorite saying is the reason I go to church is I'm afraid the water and the fountain will boil over when I walk in the door. What kind of thought is that? You know, like the yeah, whole... This podcast terrifies me because <laughs> actually someone asked this week on a post, they're like, what, what about growing your business terrifies you? And I actually took a minute to re- really, truly figure out the answer. And I'm like, one it terrifies me to put myself out there. Like, what if people hate me? What if I say the wrong thing? What if I'm not smart enough? What if I, I don't know what I'm doing, right? Like, and the same thing. I mean, we just get wrapped up in our heads so many lies and it's hard to replace them with things that serve us and things that propel us forward. Right. And all of the people in my past, my first husband, um, all those people and I are friends now. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the reason being is because, again, you have youth that's not on you. Now, anything that happened before that, I'm just talking husbands, but in my childhood, that person I could never address that hurt me. So um, my mom, I've forgiven her. My father, uh, because there wasn't a huge connection, I didn't feel a great deal of yeah. that I needed to. But... I adopted my stepdad, who is my mom's second husband, and he's a huge part of my life. Now? Yes. Really? Yeah, so he found, we found each other, hmm. and uh, his name is David, and he's, he lives in Michigan, so now we're planning our life together, with <laughs> him coming down here, Yeah. and he's now my papa, you know, <laughs> and so all of this healing is done. Uh, my first husband, you know, we, we talk, he's uh, a good person. He just was like me. We were okay. people change, I think, and and I've forgiven him, is all I can say. Because again, it, it, I forgave my mom. I've forgiven my fathers. Is that the key? It is the key. It's always going to be the key because there's people I dislike. Mm-hmm. I choose not to be around because it's not healthy. But I forgive them mm-hmm. because it's. With the way the world is, it's hating something or someone or anything like that. It it takes away from your peace. Mm-hmm. Hate's a very anger is a huge, massive boulder in your lap. If it is how you lead your life, my anger is fear based. So forgiveness and having God at your back and knowing that if you can't do it today, that it's on your He'll help you get there. Mm-hmm. And uh, forgiving people for judging you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, my dad's favorite line in the world, and I'll always remember it, is he says, um, when someone does something to you that is painful or hurtful or mad nasty, he said, respond in love. It'll throw them off their game every time. <laughs> So when we were driving to Nevada in a limousine he had just bought, and he had his windows rolled down, he's up there singing, having a good time, and there's all this rain, and I'm in the back. All of a sudden, this giant truck comes barreling by us, and a giant gush of water goes in the window of his brand new limousine and oh. douses him from head to toe. Oh my gosh. And, I'm, and I'm like laughing so hard. I'm laughing so hard in the back of the limousine. And so the next dad, my dad pulls up and he's like, <laughs> peace sign. Yeah. I love you, man. And it works. How does someone respond to you? And then I don't mean sarcastic love. I mean like, oh, thanks. thanks. Literally look at him. And if you stop him for a minute, as a general manager, if people were complaining, I would ask him. I'm like, is all this anger really about this ham sandwich? <laughs> right? Yeah. And they're like, uh, no, I had a really bad morning. I said, oh, you want to talk about it? <laughs> and they will. And he left laughing. Like the guy was in a rage. Needs someone to see them and hear them. And mm-hmm. hmm. So a lot of time that angry, angry customer might have just been yelled at by her spouse. 
Right. So if we can be a little more open. Accepting. And accepting. And even looking at our tone, how we respond to build people. Mm-hmm. Am I being nasty because I didn't get my coffee this morning and now I'm just a wreck? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, forgiveness. Good, forgiveness and love. You are beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> and funny. And smart. Well, I was embarrassed to come here because I use self-tanner. <laughs> And so my legs are like seven colors of orange. And I'm like, why didn't you wear pants that like that? And I'm like, because this is who you are. (laughs) Can I include that in the podcast? (laughs) Absolutely. You can put it because it is who I am. Like I have a thumbprint like right here on my, that I've been, I've been sitting here looking at and focused on this orange thumbprint on my ankle. Like you press too hard with the self lotion there. And Shay's always warning me about my addiction to lotion. She's like, it's going to backfire on you if you don't stop. And so it did. It totally it's, did. Now you look beautiful. 